This is the Fix It Show on WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of the hosts or guests and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC. There's no such thing as no maintenance when it comes to your home. That's why we bring you the Fix It Show from 7 to 9 every Saturday. Get your questions ready for our expert home inspector, David Nason from Best Inspections. Here he is with his co-host, Dayton Kane. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. It is sponsored by Siding Unlimited and J&B Construction. Thanks for joining us this Saturday after Thanksgiving. And uh, you have a question for us, Jack? I do have a question for you guys. And this is going to seem like such a basic question coming from a young guy. But sometimes I feel like people might need a reminder. I'm moving into a new apartment. i got to pay my own electric and my own (laughs) gas bill. What are some good tips for keeping those two things low? And I already heard one thing. <laughs> I heard one thing off. from David. Turn everything off. <laughs> right. uh, definitely not off, but at night, make sure, because a lot of them are programmable thermostats now, yeah. so you can yeah. set the zone for when you're there and need the warmth versus when you're like tucked in a bed and uh, covered up. So okay. lower it down yeah. at night, or if you're going to be gone for the weekend, turn that down to 60 so it just keeps the house so it doesn't freeze. But you're not yeah. spending that heat heating nothing that you don't need. Gotcha. A lot of apartments have electric heat, like yeah. electric baseboard heat. And usually each room is heated by a separate baseboard with mm-hmm. a separate thermostat, whether it's right on the baseboard or on the wall. Okay. So you can heat rooms a little differently. So same, same thing with Dayton saying if you're not using a room, as you walk out of the room, turn the heat down. Gotcha. You, know, you can. That's one thing I think Jason Fox from Capital Heating uh Electric is 100% efficient. Mm-hmm. So we talk about our furnaces being like 92 or 96% efficient and everything. Electric heat is 100% efficient. So for every dollar you spend on electric, you get a dollar of heat, basically. So if you if you have a thermostat, you walk out of the room, and you turn it down as you walk out of the room. And when you come back and you turn it back up, there's really no energy loss there. You're not sure. Well, you got to heat the room back up and everything. It's it because it's a hundred percent efficient. It's yeah that you can do that. I'm just right. going to be walking throughout all of the rooms in my <laughs> right. apartment, just like sweatshirt on, sweatshirt off, yeah, sweatshirt right. on, sweatshirt right. off, with the different. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. I mean, yeah. you bring up a good point. Dress warm. Yeah, you know, I, I go huge, into people's yeah. homes. It's eighty degrees, and yeah. they're wearing shorts. Like. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> like You're just wasting well, energy at that only, point. It's going to cause other problems with your windows, condensation, and other yeah, things. Right. So, yeah, it's not it's not really healthy to have your house you yeah, know, no, heated up like to 80 cool degrees. Yeah, I like a cool house. Like, the other thing, nice. you talk about saving electricity, almost everything draws power all the time right. now. It's, it's yeah. crazy. You're, yeah. you know, everything you plug in, it's not just using electricity when you use it. It's yeah. always draining. Right. So if you're not, if it's an appliance that you don't use, you got the old VCR, Jack, because I know you got a VCR <laughs> and you only use it at <laughs> oh, Christmas yeah. time because you want to watch the old family videos. Of course. Unplug that thing until you're going to use it again. You know, the, See, right, that's, that's what right. I've heard. Yeah, you can or, unplug the TV here, here's and stuff. A little, here's a little tip. Go to, um, oh, just escape me now. Um, focus on energy. Mm-hmm. Focus on energy.com. And as a as a utility payer user, you can go onto their website and you can select like one of three packages that they will send to you at no cost. I don't want to say free because everybody who pays a bill, we pay a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 funded by us. Hmm. So you get a little bit of that back and you can pick a box of of high like LED light bulbs. Oh, you can pick okay. a box that has 
uh, fixtures or things for your um, uh, like shower heads and things that use less water. Mm-hmm. But they also have uh, an option to get a, a an outlet strip that you plug your VCR, your TV, or whatever into, and somehow. I don't remember exactly if it's a programmable thing or if it notices when it's the whatever you got plugged in is off. Mm. It also shuts it down, so it's oh, not using the amount of electricity. So it's a, it's a. Go, but go on their website and look that up. Focusonenergy.org. Uh, dot com. Focus on energy dot com. I will be going of, to that website. But it's also a, a lot of a lot of more tips on what you can do to yeah to help save some energy. Put that plastic on your windows, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You See, know, if you if you can't get around to doing new windows, sometimes <laughs> you gotta do other things. Don't hang blankets. Yeah. I see that too. Don't hang a blanket. All that on does your, is create a, oh, a ecosystem yeah. behind that exactly. blanket. Yeah. And you're gonna, you're gonna take, it off, friends take it off and spring and you're asking for trouble. You know, yes, you don't want to see. Put the plastic on and everything, and then use curtains so that you can open and close. Yeah. But yeah, I see blankets that are like screwed to the wall. It's like you can't <laughs> even move them in the winter. See, growing up, I always wondered why my dad was so particular about the heat and cold in the house. And I'm approaching a point where I'm going to be like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got to yeah. pay the bill now. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the older you get, the smarter your parents are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm getting to yeah. that point. All right. All right. Great way to start hour number two. Thank you, Jack. Great yes. question. Uh, yeah. We have no guests this hour, right. so we're wide open to anything you want to talk about when it comes to fixing your home. The old National Bank Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. It is the Fix It Show on WTMJ. David Nason and Dayton K. It's the Fix It Show on WTMJ. You can always find the Fix It Show podcast on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasts or at WTMJ.com. Dayton Kane and David Nason here. No guests on the show this hour, so we'd love to hear from you. The Old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. Now, I have a hypothetical asking for a friend. <laughs> right. So the big turkey fryer, you've seen this where you drop the turkey right. in and you fry it and it comes out nice and crisp. And Well, what... What happens when you drop the turkey in and the fire it, it takes over and suddenly you've burned down part of your house uh, on the exterior, but enough to damage the walls on the inside? What are we looking for for restoration in this situation? What are the first steps? Obviously, yeah. water gets poured on because we're trying to put yeah, out the fire. fire so yeah. now we've got fire. We've got water. What's the next step? So if it in your hypothetical, if, if it started in the garage... Yeah, which and the exterior. Hopefully, the house is still livable. Yeah, yeah. So, so that would be one thing. Okay, if it's livable, we're not talking about you know moving out. Although you could have smoke damage inside the house, it could be all smoky, right? And it still needs to be cleaned uh, professionally, not just you know vacuuming like we talked in the last hour or anything, but literally cleaned everything, wiped down, clothes, anything that uh, can absorb any smoke. Your furniture and things all has to go to uh, places that specialize in that. CDRN, I think, is a place here that specializes in in restoration cleaning okay. of of um, uh, textiles is basically the, the generic overall term for clothes and furniture and things. So, so when I, I did work in that industry for a while, so basically you would call a restoration contractor. There are several out in the areas and everything. I personally worked for Kelman Restoration in Wauwatosa for eight years. Good company. Um, and they would pack out all your stuff, take it somewhere, clean it, and then store it. If your house needs to be 
repaired and everything. They were actually stored in a climate-controlled warehouse. And then when your house is fixed and then it's done, they move it all back in for you. Hmm. If it's just a matter of we just need it clean, they'll clean it, clean your house, and move it right back in if you don't really do do any repairs. But really, I guess to back up, the first thing you need to do is call your insurance company. Sure. And and get an adjuster out there and get that whole process can, started. Can you seal up a house right away? I mean, it gets wet, right? We're going to yeah. be like, how do you, how long do you have to dry that out? And in, so, in the cold and winter, is it different than in the summer? I'm assuming it oh, is. A little bit, yes. So it's called structural drying. Uh, I went through that certification, went through some classes on, on how you dry something out. So it, a lot of it's large dehumidifying equipment. And so not the little dehumidifier that you're buying at, at the <laughs> hardware store, which those work, but for for what we're talking about, when a house either floods or gets wet from a fire, you need a dehumidifier that can literally pull gallons of water out of the air. Out you know, of the air, and, out and, of wood. And, yeah, of... right. And you're just and then not only that, so what we're doing is pulling the water out of the air. We need to get that moisture into the air. And so by doing that, we need a lot of fans. So if you have wet carpeting, wet surfaces, we need to blow air across that. It's just like the the analogy would be in the summer when you're all you're you know running around, maybe you're playing basketball or something, running around and everything, and then you stop. And if there's a little bit of a breeze, you can feel the breeze on your arm or where sure. you're sweating, and you can feel it feels cool. Well, what's happening is that breeze is helping evaporate that sweat off your arm. So what we need to do is run fans, blow on the structure get the moisture up into the air and then the dehumidifiers take it out of the air and down a drain or sometimes outside or something. But in the winter, we might be dealing with now, if you had a significant fire, maybe the, um, the fire department turned the power off to your house. Well, now we have to have temporary heat because we don't want everything to freeze. Right. It becomes a big icicle. So a lot of, a lot of different things that go into it. Again, very different if you're, Living space is impacted, or if it's just garage or, sure. or exterior. Is there certain paint? So when we bought a house in Missouri, we moved in, and the guy that lived there before us was a smoker, and there were actually rings yeah. of tar around the dining room where he sat under the fan, and we painted over that, and a couple months later, this starts seeping back out. Right. You could see it again. All the nicotine. Like, so what do you do with the smoke? I'm assuming yeah. there's a certain thing you have sure. to... Sure. Whether it's smoke from a fire or nicotine from a smoker or uh, candles. Uh, oh. People who burn a lot of candles, yeah. especially the kind in the glass jars where the neck of the jar gets smaller at the top. As that candle burns down, that it gets less and less oxygen. And so it burns really sooty, really dirty. And then you can see where you're... Sometimes if you have a cathedral ceiling maybe in the room, you can see where the rafters or the trusses are. <laughs> the, they're two feet apart, and you see these dark stains on it. It's called ghosting. Tom Faza has got a great article. Um, I don't know. He's probably still on his Mr. Fix-It website or on mine, bestinspections.com, LLC.com, sorry, under the tab for um, articles and things. And it's called ghosting. But anything, whether it's smoke from a fire, uh, nicotine, or this uh, soot from a candle— it's greasy, right? And so it's it's if you try just painting over it, it's going to come back, as you said. So first, you have to actually clean it, and they make uh, sponges. You can buy them at a hardware store, uh, Ace Hardware. It's what we call them a chem sponge. So it's a really rubbery sponge, 
and you wipe off the the grease. Okay. And then you got to wipe it down with warm soapy water. Basically, Dawn dish soap works great for that. Dawn takes grease out of your way, <laughs> so that worked really well. And then you usually it, you'll get rid of all the the grease coating and everything, but you still see stains or the nicotine. Sometimes you saw it, you saw it on the ceiling. And somebody, um, somebody that does a lot of smoking, if you take the pictures off the wall, you can see where the pictures where, yeah. were. So you got to clean the walls and then you got to paint them with a stain blocking primer. Okay. So everybody, most everybody knows about Kills, yep. that brand. There's another one made by Zinzer, uh, BIN, B-I-N. We use that primarily in the shellac-based product. Uh, it's, just, it's stinky when you put it on, but as soon as it, it cures, it dries very quickly. Now you can paint over any color, anything you want. It covers, not only does it cover any stain, but it seals in any kind of smoke smell or or maybe nicotine smell as well. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah. So if you burn down there's, the house with the turkey lot, this there year, there is a lot, there's to, a lot it. to it. Yeah. But. So definitely want to call in a professional. All right. And Old National Bank talking text line 855-616-1620. We do have some text we'll get to coming up next. It is the Fix It Show. Thanks for listening to WTMJ this morning. Get her done. It's the Fix It Show on WTMJ. <laughs> it's the holiday season, I guess. Yes. Isaac in the producer's booth right. today. Give him a call. Me. The old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. Uh, we do have a text here. It says uh, it was This actually was for Tom last right. week. Thank you, Tom, for yep. filling in yep. while Thanks, David Tom. was gone. Appreciate it. Um, you didn't get the buck, huh? I did not. Are you going to go out today? Not today, not this no. weekend. I may go back up to I go I hunt near in the Wausau area. I okay. may go back up next week. They the after the regular deer gun season is a season called muzzle loader. Okay. So yeah. it's basically you have a gun, muzzle loader? I don't. Oh, my family okay. they they have some. But it's Got a it. gun, but it's like a one shot, but you're putting black powder in just yeah. like a colonial area era gun. Nice. I may go try that. All right. Well, this came in last week. We didn't get to it, so let's talk about it now. Um, It says, house built in 1951. How is grading handled when there's less than five inches between the bottom of siding and the soil surface? The rest of the yard is built up slanting toward the house. In other words, soil can't be added around the house, so how do we get that grading right? That can be difficult, and I see that a lot where the bottom, where the soil or the mulch is right up to the bottom of the siding or the bottom row of siding is buried yep. in the soil. And really, if you look at any product, whether it's LP smart side, hardy plank, vinyl, aluminum, if you look at their specifications, there is no type of siding that is allowed to be in contact with the ground. Right. And sometimes, and you said the house is built in 51, it's usually older houses where not necessarily the house is sinking, but just over the years, different people, different owners doing different landscaping, different, they're, they're planting different things. They're pulling things out, bring, oh, I got to bring in some more dirt. You know, I got to do this. Yeah. got to bring it. Next thing you know, the, the ground is right up to the bottom of the siding. And now it's going to be a bit more of a project to correct that. I would say in most cases, when I comment in an inspection where you got to improve the grading around your house and trust me, Literally everybody's house, you can go around and find somewhere yeah. where the grading can be improved. Come to my house. I know there's a there's a one side of my house where I know I should do better with the grading. But I got an older house and it's up out of the ground. And But anyways, you may need to either deal with a landscape contractor that it deals with uh, drainage issues. Not all landscape contractors do this. 
Some are just about taking care of your grass and your bushes and trees and stuff, and they don't do either hardscapes or anything underground. Trees on the move would be a good one. Yeah. They're on the show, and they, they deal with this. You might have to put in some underground drainage. You this might is have, exactly what we had to do at our house. Yeah. Built in 1940, the, right. the siding, when we moved in, the dirt was up above right. the siding. Right. We had to dig it out. We brought in a landscape mm-hmm. company. They gave us a nice kind of valley through the middle of our yard. Right, slight, enough, okay. slight enough swale that it's not affecting the use of the yard, right. but it gets the water away from the house and right. around the side. And, and the main reason to not bury or have your ground in contact with the siding, where the siding comes down, that's where the wood framing of your house starts. So you have a foundation, whether it's concrete or concrete block yeah. or brick maybe on a really old house. And then where the siding start. Now the floor framing, the joists that are right there, and then your wall framing, if you start burying that, there's only two things really in, in mulch and dirt. Moisture, yeah. water, and bugs. You know, we don't have termites here, but we have other bugs and everything, but moisture is probably the biggest problem. Wood has the ability to act like a sponge. Yeah. It's called capillary action. There's a, that, that's how water gets from the bottom of a tree to the top of the tree. Is that capillary action? Well, it can do the same thing even after it's not a tree, and it can water can absorb into there. And probably the easiest place to see where that can be happening is in a garage, especially a detached garage. If you look around the bottom of the wall and you see all kinds of moisture stains on the wood, go back outside and look to see where the ground is around your garage. And if it's up on the siding or anything, that's the evidence of water coming in on the bottom of the wall. And now houses, that's, okay, that could be happening on my house, too. Yeah. Yeah. So So to answer the question, if you can't build up, you got to dig down. Exactly. I mean, you got to make it work. All right, we do need to take a break. It is the Fix It Show. Let's go to the WTMJ Breaking News Center with Jack Growl. Good morning, Jack. Advice you can use. It's the Fix It Show on WTMJ. It is good morning. It's 835 Dayton Kane. David Nason here. 11 and 5 bucks take on the Trailblazers at Fiserv tomorrow at 2.30. Bucks looking good lately. It's nice yeah. to see. The Old National Bank talking text line, 855-616-1620. Another grading question here. It says, in our house of 36 years, noticed our window wells on the north side of the house have settled almost even with the ground. We periodically have built up the soil and mulch around there. Would Who would replace these to get them higher out of the ground? And we're struggling to think of a company that right. would do that. because. Right. Unfortunately, it, it's a it's a a, a labor intensive project, but it's a pretty it's, small. It's, it's really in, in the reality of everything that we talk about, whether roofing, siding, windows, doing all this stuff. This is a fairly small project, and something that I would say, really, most homeowners ought to be able to try to do. Just dig around. Yeah, yeah. It's just like you said. It's a little labor intensive. You got to get a shovel and. Dig around it. You got It's one of those things where you got to make a make it a bigger project before you can kind of put it right. back. So you got to dig around it, dig the soil out around it, dig out inside, and then so you, so you have a bigger hole. Now you can put the window well. And as we were saying, a lot of times uh, the when the house was being built, they didn't even fasten them to the house. They just as they were grading and they putting the dirt in and everything, they just put them in place, and the dirt was holding them. Well, if you think about it. When the house is built, they dig a hole about three feet bigger than the house. Yeah. And then when the when everything's backfilled, now that soil in that three-foot area around the house, that's disturbed. So that's always going to settle. Yeah. And if if they 
built the house, you know, and you're in a neighborhood that was a farmland, nobody ever dug a hole in that farmland. Okay, maybe the Not farmer deep, anyway. just, you know, graded on the top right. to till the soil or something, but they didn't dig it down eight feet. So that soil is undisturbed. It's never going to settle. But this area around your house will settle, continue to settle. As the ground settles, it's going to pull that window well down with it if it's not attached to the house. So as you said, dig this hole, attach it to the house, um, get a hammer drill. And if you don't have one, well, that sounds like a great Christmas present. <laughs> or rental. <laughs> yeah, you or yeah, go down to you know a big box store or the local hardware store. Most people aren't going to use a hammer drill you more know? than once yeah. in their life or but, twice. So I have, a, I have a Milwaukee drill, yeah, and it's got a hammer function on it oh nice. so you can you can do a you know put a screwdriver thing on it or a drill or a hammer drill okay. so it's a multi-function drill so i know who i can borrow one from when <laughs> sure <I need> it. <laughs> right but you got to drill into the block or or into the concrete if it's concrete you can drill anywhere if you're drilling into concrete block it's generally better to drill into the mortar joint if you can oh really rather than the face of the block the okay. block can blow out and then then you don't have that so um a, and if that's not an option, they make construction adhesive PL five hundred or whatever. Go to the go to the caulk area, and they may, you know find a caulk tube that talks about you can glue something to concrete or some kind of masonry sure. surface, and, and you know put as much as you need on there, stick it to that, hold it in place, and then when you backfill around, and, and I would also suggest put it a little higher. Then you, know, you even, think you need it. <laughs> then you think, you know, kind of do some figuring of where you put it, put it higher, and then backfill around it. And then inside the window well, it should just be gravel. You should put some stones sure. in there. You want water to be able to drain down in it. Yep. Good, good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a call at 855-616-1620. Let's go to Hugh in Florida. Good morning, <laughs> Hugh. How are you? Are you there, Hugh? Hugh. Where in Florida are you, Hugh? And, and we're not getting maybe. Hugh. We hadn't heard from Hugh in a while. No, no. His question was, though, he needs to re-roof a home, and can he remove the chimney? I don't know why we're not hearing him, but... Sure. It's very common. So when we say chimney, and, and you know, a lot of people, hey, there's a chimney on their roof. Where's the fireplace? Most chimneys on an older house is not so much anymore, newer houses, but anything built probably... 70s and earlier had a chimney that the water heater and the furnace vented Correct. into them because they weren't high efficient furnaces and water heaters. So that chimney, once you upgrade your appliances, furnace and water heater to be high efficient and vent through the side of the house, well, now the chimney is no longer needed. And if it's not an architectural element on the house where a fireplace chimney would be wider, bigger, right. and have uh, some, like I said, architectural feature or you know, look on the house. This we're talking little chimneys that are 18 inches by 18 inches brick or stone or something. Definitely, the next before or at the time you change, you reshingle your house, have the chimney taken down at least below the roof line. Right. But what you also want to make sure is that when you take it down below the roof line, that somebody seals up the flue, because I've seen it where nobody now the chimney's below the roof line, but there's either openings in the chimney somewhere, and now air from the basement, warm air, it's warmer than the attic in the winter, is getting up in that chimney, and it gets up into the attic, and oh. it causes a condensation problem so you in seal the attic. that off. So you definitely need to seal it, because it becomes a, or it remains a chimney. Sure. 
but it's now we're talking warm air from the basement. Get up there. Is Hugh back? All right, Hugh's back. Hopefully, he heard all that discussion. Yeah. How are you, Hugh? It's been a while. He's pretty good. Now, thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, I'm doing fine down here. We're going to be in the 70s today and uh, nice. enjoying the uh, wonderful weather. <laughs> Sorry yeah. to say that, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you're not. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, all my loved ones live up in Milwaukee, and I'll be up there this summer. But anyways, uh, I've got a uh, Cape Cod home up there that I own that my daughter lives in, and it needs to be re-roofed uh, this spring. I've got a newer furnace in. Can I, can I remove the chimney? Uh, do I have to have an uh, inspection hat or some kind of a a, 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 a code or something to have that done, or can I just have that that that, that chimney removed without a problem? So yeah, no, you don't need any kind of special permit or or inspection for that. You mentioned you got a yeah. newer furnace, so and we were talking about this a little before we got you on the air. Definitely, if the furnace is a high efficient furnace, and now it's venting out of the side of the house, if your water heater is still venting through the chimney. You can if you want to take the chimney down, but now the water heater has to vent. You have to put in a basically a flue liner and a, or a B yeah. vent, they call it, so it's a metal pipe. You could still take the chimney right. below the roof line and put in a B vent and have just the metal pipe sticking out. Much easier to flash and maintain a B vent through your roof than a masonry chimney, an old masonry chimney. So it still can be done. Yeah. Okay, I, I know my wife always complains that she says the chimney is ugly and it spoils the looks of the house. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> she'll be happy to hear that we can have it taken out without any problems. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, yep. happy holidays, Hugh. Thanks yep. for chiming Thanks in. Thanks for calling in. Okay. Thank you. Take care up there. Yeah. Right. You too. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. The old National Bank talking text line. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. It is the Fix It Show on WTMJ. Like a user's manual on the radio. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Good morning to you, Dayton Kane, David Nason. We appreciate you joining us on this chilly Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it th- seems like winter's finally here. Going like, to get here tomorrow yeah. if it doesn't One day, feel like it two today. Two inches of snow no, tomorrow. It's so going to look white. Be ready for that. Yep. 855-616-1620, the old National Bank talk and text line. We do have a... A text that goes back to the conversation we were having earlier. It says, what's more efficient? Should we leave our heat at the same temperature 24-7, or should we turn it down at night? And we've had this yeah. conversation with uh, Jason Fox. Jason, yeah. Yeah, and he says turn it down. Yeah, you're saving money yeah. Yeah. while it's down. <clears throat> Don't turn it off. <laughs> right, right. Right, that would not be a good thing to so do. So but- where your furnace, where the problem comes in, let's, let's say you keep your house at 68 degrees. During the day when you're mm-hmm. living in it, you're up, you're out, moving around. At night, if you turned it down to, say, 40? <laughs> well, that's literally turning it off. Yeah. Well, yeah. At that point, you're in the morning, then you're trying to reheat walls and yeah. furniture and things that that would be inefficient. But if you go from, like, 68 to 65, 64. Yes. Even 62. You're saving some money there, and yeah. you're not reheating everything back up to a, right. a temperature. Right. So Plus... Uh, I don't know. It, it's to me, it's uncomfortable to sleep, and when it's, when it's seventy hot. degrees. Yeah, yeah. If we we turn ours down, we do it manually. We don't yeah. use the program. And everything. If we forget to do it one night, you know, it's like oh, we forgot to turn the heat it's down. Hot. It's just you wake up and you're uncomfortable, or you got to go down in in the middle of the night and turn it so down. We so we have ours set so that about an hour before we go to bed, it goes down to that sixty-five. We keep mm-hmm. it at sixty-five at night. And then an hour before we get up, we crank it back up to 68 so mm-hmm. that when we get out of bed, 
it's already right. warmer. But you're right. While you're sleeping at night, it's nice and cool. You're tucked in your yeah. blankets. Right. It feels great to have that. The cool. only thing I do that for is our our bathroom floor. We have one oh, of one of our bathrooms has nice. a heated tile floor, electric, and it's got a thermostat on it. I that would be nice. Turn that back because during the day you don't need it. So yeah, turned up. So anytime you can have the temperature lower, you're saving money, right? right. So if you can if you can stand 65 degrees in your yeah. house all the time and you wear sweatshirts and sweaters and right. uh, do it, Pro- you're gonna save money. Yeah, kind of. I think what you said, the time where it might, and you really need to talk to your heating contractor about this is is it's easier to do the setback temperature and things with a forced air system. If you're using yeah. a, a a hydronic system with radiators. That's a little harder to get that temperature up and down Makes because sense. you're you're heating up these radiators. That type of system, you want to have a little more of a consistent temperature throughout. All right, it is a fix it show. We're going to take our final break here. Al from Milwaukee is on the line. We'll talk to him next. The old National Bank talking text line eight five five six one six one six twenty. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Call with your problem. We'll try to solve it. It's the Fix-It Show on WTMJ. I actually watched this uh, live-action version of this with my granddaughter the other day. <laughs> uh, it is a Fix-It Show. I'm Dayton Kane. That's David Nason, Siding Unlimited, and J&B Construction. Thank you for sponsoring the show every week. We appreciate that. Let's go over to Al right away in Milwaukee. Thanks for holding on, Al. What's your question this morning? Yeah, it goes along with the removing the chimney when you don't need it for the furnace. But I, and I do need it though currently for the hot water heater. I'm due for a new hot water heater, so that probably is a good time to switch. But what's involved in uh, changing hot water heater to a side vent? So, so a power vent, as as you were just saying. So that's a water heater. The one that vents through your chimney is naturally drafting. A power vent goes through a has similar to a furnace. It has a secondary heat exchanger. And then it vents out through a PVC pipe. So the plumbing connections are the same. The gas connection is going to be the same. Now you just have to find a way for, and there's each each manufacturer is going to have a little bit different requirement on how uh, far that plumbing vent can travel before it exits the house. And so you have to, and then where it vents out, uh, there are requirements on that too. Like it can't be directly below a window, so that you don't want the exhaust combustion gases venting out, and then you have an operable window right above it. The gases would come up and come right inside your window. So there are some requirements. Um, also, changing out a water heater. I know a lot of people do it themselves. Um, most municipalities require a permit to replace a water heater. Uh, there are you can buy in. Hardware stores, big box stores, the connector connectors, these flexible connectors, so that to make it easy to hook up your water heater, because most likely the new water heater heater is a different size than the other one. Right. So the the copper or galvanized pipes that you have aren't going to line up exactly. So oh, let's buy these flexible connectors. Almost none of them on the market today satisfy the requirements for the Wisconsin Plumbing Code. Really? And I know that from Jesse Canizaro, who's the owner of Milestone Plumbing in Wauwatosa. And she's, she's the owner of the company. She's a master plumber. 
and she's just spoke at our our Wahi Wisconsin Association of Home Inspector uh, training, and this is one of the things that came up is that our Wisconsin plumbing code is very strict on that, and those connectors have to meet an ASTM requirement, which most of them don't. So really what it comes down to is call a plumber. (laughs) They're going to know everything they need to know about how to connect the water, how to connect the gas, and how to vent it out the side of the house. Did you get all that, Al? Okay. (laughs) Awesome. That's sort of... That's the route to go versus going through the roof with a, a metal one then when the brick chimneys removed. So if you're going through the roof with a metal vent, that's going to be a B vent. That'll still be a naturally drafting water heater similar to what you have going through the chimney. So you could do that. You if that's still what can you do, do that, yeah. yes. And for, they, for me personally, okay. the less holes in my roof, the better. Yeah, right. But, you, you know, it's... Uh, it still can be done that yeah, way with a yeah. water heater. But a B-vent, a metal B-vent going through the roof is, as I said before, much easier to maintain and than flash chimney. than an old brick or stone chimney. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Well, thank you, guys. Awesome, Al. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. That does it, David. We're yeah. done. Excellent. Made it through another show. Right. Next week, um, 7 o'clock again, I guess yeah. I'll see you. Right. So, Hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. BestInspectionsLLC.com. If you need David this week, that's where you can get in touch with him and uh, get him lined up to help you with an inspection or some consulting or whatever you need done. Uh, Coming in next, Rose Gray and Fox World Travel. Thanks for listening to The Fix-It Show today. This has been The Fix-It Show on WTMJ. Advice and opinions expressed during the program are solely that of the hosts or guests and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.